0: fm podcast this is scott kesterson and tonight you're listening to a conversation with pastor rick moyer this war is real fighting is everything even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Friday. It's Friday already, my goodness. November 24th in the year 2023. Hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving time with friends and family. I know we did. And as a result of that, because we had such a great time and had great people down here tonight, we're going to get a chance to listen and have a conversation with Pastor Rick Moyer. Now, Pastor Moyer is CJ Moyer's husband. And if you remember from Fest, CJ Moyer is a SRA victim overcomer would be the right term. They have a book coming out. We're going to talk about all these things here very shortly. Very fantastic couple. Um, and just listening to Pastor Rick Moyer, who will just he's Rick. And we'll just be clear, he's Rick, but good friend of mine, has become a fantastic friend of mine. And they spent Thanksgiving with us here. So it's really gonna be an enjoyable evening just to have some conversations about the various things, challenges, and different aspects of forgiveness and the trials that it takes us to get there. He's been also just a great counsel for myself on many levels, and just a real pleasure um, and honor to have him as a friend and brother. Patriots, before we get going tonight, we are in some critical times, and these critical times require that we we remain very vigilant for the sorts of things that we need to be vigilant of. And that's primarily the defense of our family, and most importantly, those skills fall on us to make sure we keep those skills refined. And that means you need to have a way to go into the range easier and hopefully save money on ammo. And the best way to do that is iTarget Pro. iTarget Pro is a device built on the principles of improving your shooting through dry fire skills. And I've done this. They're fantastic. They're great skills to have. You use a laser bullet. You put it inside of your weapon system. It actually is an app that ties to your cell phone with their receiver system. And then you're able to practice your trigger control. You're able to practice your site alignment. You get automatic feedback, and you're even able to share those scores across the web with other family members or friends. Even better is you have the ability to train your, your family in the safety of your home without the risk of a live fire um, range, and that improves skills dramatically. Plus, you can save time going to the range and reduce ammo costs. So all of those things. Head on over to itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Use your promo code BARGE. You're going to get 10% off and free shipping. So, again, itargetpro.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get 10% off and free shipping. Great product, great time to buy a great gift for the season. Again, itargetpro, promo code BARDS, and 10% off and free shipping. All right, Patriots. So this has been quite a holiday, at least on this end, an enjoyable one. And I think for our family, having the Moyers with us this summer, this summer, this season, has been enormously uh refreshing and a real different way of spending a holiday with people that are not just dear to our heart, but really have been through so much trial and trauma to get to a place where they can really say thanksgiving in a true sense of their heart. CJ and Rick are are married. Obviously, we, we often hear from CJ, but I really wanted to bring Rick on tonight as we've had some time to really chat about a variety of things and just pull his heart and see what's going on. So, before we get going, one last call out to our sponsor and that is that we are at the end of Black Friday. So head on over to what you need to do is text Bards B A R D S to 989898. Text Bards to 9 to B, text Bards B A R D S to 989898. This is Birch Gold's Black Friday s- sale. So what you want to do is text that get get yourself on a list for their promo deal. And what that is is you'll get a free gold bar. For every IRA you open and put ten thousand dollars in, and that will continue. Excuse me, that will continue through mid Dece- through the December twenty second. So, burst gold can even help you convert the IRA or a four hundred one k into a no money out of pocket conversion to a gold backed IRA or or account. So, head on over to. Your cell phone, you pick it up. You just type in B-A-R-D-S, and you send that to 989898. Now, Birch Gold is a A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They've helped lots of BARD's customers. They've been with us for over a year. They do a fantastic job. And this is something you want to get registered into their list, even if you're, don't, if you're not going to open an IRA today to take advantage of this deal. This is kind of your last day. Get that set up. Text that now, and then you're set up to be able to put in your ten thousand dollars into your IRA and get a free gold bar. Super deal. So again, text Bards B A R D S to nine eight nine eight nine eight. All right, Patriots, without further ado, allow me to introduce Pastor Rick
1: Moyer. Well hello. Good to talk to you.
0: <laughs> He's sitting right here at the desk <laughs> with me. So we have a we have a we're sitting right here in the studio together today. So it's gonna be a lot of fun to
1: talk. So Rick, tell us a little bit about yourself and and just get everybody to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Good. Um, well I've been a pastor for a long time, um, born and raised in Portland, Oregon, so I lived up there all my life, and probably should ask for your forgiveness for living in Portland that long. <laughs> but uh, first born, um, got a brother and her sister, and um, been married to C.G. now for, well, what, known her for about five or six years, and so um, was in ministry for 20-plus years, and then uh, did some other things, uh, worked in a family business, and worked with an evangelist, and Kind of just had a heart for the Lord all my life, so done a lot of different things.
0: And a real big thing um, for those of you that don't know CJ. CJ is a what we call an SRA sort of overcomer, I guess is which is it's a satanic ritual abuse, and we'll have her on. um, But this is just the the sorts of things that CJ has been through um, are the things that you make the worst of the horror movies out of and it's, um, it was very humbling over this last couple of days. My parents were here, and very humbling to have to hear some of their testimonies as Rick has worked through it with CJ and as CJ has given her testimonies first account of what has gone on, and this was a lot of Masonic ritual stuff. So, Rick, I'm going to let you speak to some of that.
1: Well, you want to start telling just some of the story yeah. Uh, yeah. that CJ has gone through? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I first met CJ, well, I mean— I. We have a mutual friend. He's one of my best friends and is actually a spiritual uh, father for CJ. And so I had kind of heard of her um, off and on over the years, but never really had any real strong interaction with her. And then probably, um, I'm going to guess it's 2017, um, I was working at a family business and we needed to hire some employees. And uh, I was contacting my good friend and he reached out to CJ and said, you know, I'd, I'd like you to go... Um, see if you could help out my friend Rick. And so we reached out to her, and it took a couple of months, but we finally were able to connect. And uh, she came to work and started working at our facility, and it was, a, it was a, a nursing home, a care facility. It's been a family business for 60 years. And uh, so she started helping out, and that's where we got to know each other. Uh, just She was a really nice person, really good, real professional at what she was doing. But about the time she started working with us, uh, she got some just tragic news. And, you know, she comes into work one day and I can tell her that her countenance has just fallen and she's broken hearted. And I asked her to kind of tell me what was going on or if I could help or if I could pray or anything. And, of course, she declined and said, no, 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 I don't. You know, it's that's not professional to share these things. But uh, finally, after a couple of days, I wasn't pestering her. I was just trying to be friendly she opened up and talked about some a uh, letter that she had received from a relative that had done some illegal things and taken some pictures of her when she was a child and it was just a devastating thing to her and of course i didn't know her story didn't know her background but she was just devastated and so i i tried to be friendly and kind and nice and um that's kind of how our story, our story started. You know, we were just getting to know each other. And as the story progressed, um, I was just trying to be a good friend. And um, as we were going along in time, she started to share some of her, uh, her pain with me. And I didn't realize it at the time, but she had never shared it with anybody since I think she was, I'm going to just guess, like, Twelve or 13 years old. She had never would never open up because she tried so hard as a child sharing some of her background. And every adult she'd ever shared it with uh, dismissed it, didn't believe her, or uh, accused her of something else. So what I've now come to find out was real common with SRA survivors. Um, she just bottled it all up inside and just kept the pain down inside. Well, I'll jump forward with the story a little bit. And uh, at some point, her health took a huge turn downhill. And in fact, she got so sick that uh, she actually ended up in bed for, I'm going to say, nine months. She was so weak. She could not get out of bed on her own strength. Um, And, you know, again, we're just friends and we're talking on the phone and I'm trying to help this gal. She's a single mom. And, um she her, her life is just heading downhill in a really strong, fast fashion. And, you know, we had developed a strong friendship. We were going to church together and things like that. And I was trying to find some help and some answers. And for myself, Scott, I had just gone through a season of trying to get my health in a little better uh, shape. So I was trying to eat healthier and, you know, take vitamins and supplements. And so I was really looking to find a, a medical reason why CJ wasn't doing well. So we tried everything, you know, we, everything you could think of. And no matter what doctor she went to, the labs came back normal and everything was fine. And yet she cannot get out of bed. So, um, you know, as we kept moving forward trying to find answers, um, things started to turn and get really bad. Um, I remember one day I was over at her house to help out. Uh, she lives; we, we now live in the uh, retirement community. And she had gotten a notice saying, you know, you're in trouble because you haven't mowed the lawn. So I said, well, I'll come do it. You know, I don't mind mowing the lawn. And I would oftentimes go over and just help out with things. So I mowed the lawn. And when I came in that night, um, I just said, hey, I'm going to take off and head home. But uh, can I just pray with you beforehand? And uh, she always agreed. So I started to pray with her. And as I did, all of a sudden, uh, I, I hear this choking, this grasping in the background, gasping. And I look up and she is blue and she's clutching her neck and she can't breathe. And she is starting to panic and fight for breath. Uh, I've never seen that outside of a pool. I've only seen someone fight for breath when they're drowning in the water. And she was there. uh, She was sitting on the couch and she's fighting to get air inside. And so I'm, you know, like I don't really know what to do. I'm praying and now she's choking and I'm, you know, I don't know a lot about demon, demons and demonology and casting out demons. Uh, I had been on several mission trips and I'd seen that overseas, but I really didn't have much understanding of it at all. But I kind of shifted in my prayer time and went on the offensive and just started, you know, the simple prayer that I knew. In the name of Jesus, stop that. <laughs> you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything profound. And just said, you know, in the name of Jesus, you must stop. I command you to stop. And after a little while, it broke. And, of course, she was just uh, breathing as hard as she could and and crying because it's scary. You know, you're just there. And I can't remember the exact sequence of events, but she shared with me. She said, um, I hear these voices in my head and they hate you. And, you know, I'm... That's kind of a weird thing. No one's ever really said that to me. Well, not too long after that, uh, we're in another situation. And uh, I, again, whenever we would end our time together, I'd always pray and started to pray. And all of a sudden, now voices came out. And it was like her eyes kind of rolled back in her head a little bit. And I could tell it was no longer CJ talking. It was a deep, dark voice. And it was uh, at first cussing at me and angry and saying all sorts of vile things. And so I, again, not knowing what to do, I just did the old, you know, come out in the name of Jesus. And this voice started mocking me and laughing at me. And I had no clue what to do. And I'm guessing that interaction went on for about 45 minutes of me, again, a total rookie, but just sitting there saying, nope. Nope. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And uh, like I said, it was like a 45-minute verbal battle. And then finally, the intensity just went down. And uh, when she kind of came back into consciousness, of course, she was just uh, hysterical. You know, what happened? And I don't know. I don't know how to answer what just happened. This is way beyond my experience. But... um, Way back in Bible college, uh, in one of the classes I had, I think I had maybe a one-hour lecture on satanic ritual abuse. And so I said, you know, CJ, I wonder, have you ever experienced satanic ritual abuse? And she had never heard the term before, didn't even know what it was. But as I did my best to try to explain what is this, um, because I really had no firsthand knowledge she said, yes, I've, I've experienced abuse like that. And that was kind of the beginning of our um, our learning time in learning about satanic ritual abuse and, and all of those things. That's kind of how it all started.
0: It's real interesting what you're sharing here because I think that um, this is a much deeper problem as I've listened to you and CJ talk. And you just made this comment, There was literally, would you say, one hour lecture on it in seminary. So talk a little bit about that, right?
1: About the my education or lack of thereof? Lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, so again, I've got a four years in Bible college. I had uh, 20 years on staff at a pastoral church, right? And so I was involved in a big church in a charismatic denomination. And... Um, You know, we believe in speaking in tongues and healing and prophecy and, you know, all of those kinds of things. But even though I, oh, I should also add this, Scott, I was kind of a professional church person. I mean, I was that weird kid who actually liked to go into church. And when I was in high school, I went three times a week because I liked it. I I just, I love the Lord. I love being around people and I love worshiping. I love learning, you know, my pastor, that I grew up under was a wonderful, godly man. So I just love being in a church, but in spite of all of this experience, and granted, by the time this is happening now, I'm probably, you know, mid-50s, and I have really no exposure to the demonic or what's going on. So uh, things are starting to happen with CJ. My mind is now shifting from this is something medically wrong to there's a spiritual origin to what's going on. So I'm, I'm gonna shift my, my study area completely and try to find someone that knows how to help. And um, that started you know a couple of years of just reading different books, going to different people, uh, from counselors to people that function in the prophetic. Uh, we found a place back in Georgia that was absolutely wonderful in helping us. And then we finally ended up down at Yuba City with Isaiah 61. and I mean, I can walk through each of those if you want or just kind of give you that, that quick overview. Should I yeah, run through right. those? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, when it comes to, again, dealing with the demonic, I had very little understanding. And uh, one of the first real big breakthroughs we had was um, uh, I had gone several times and listened to a gal who was a, a, a prophetess. And again, that was something that was—I I knew what the term was, but I didn't really have—the church I grew up in, there wasn't really a, a strong emphasis on the prophetic or people who would bring prophetic messages. And so, you know, occasionally someone would say, you know, thus saith the Lord and give a verse or something, but it just wasn't a real strong thing. Well, this this gal who we've now come to really fall in love with, um, Mama T, Taryn Tarver Bishop with TNT Ministries— She was coming up to the Portland area about every uh, six months or so, and I had gone to a house meeting with her probably starting back in 2014, 2015. You know, I'd listened to her three or four or five times, and every time I had gone, it it really blessed me. You know, she had a prophetic word for me that just brought me life. I was going through a real dark season myself, and uh, her prophetic encouragement was so strong that it literally saved me several times from just you know, being in despair and just giving up on life. So I remember thinking uh, or talking with CJ and said, you know, would you be interested and willing to go sit with this gal? And CJ, her initial reaction was no way. Um, Again, CJ had been experienced a lot of abuse in the church in a lot of different places. And the church she grew up in, she had no clue about what is the prophetic, (laughs) you know, what is a prophet? And somebody who calls himself a prophetess, that's just too weird. I don't want to have anything to do with that. But I kept talking so highly of it, she thought, well, I should at least kind of check it out. So CJ will tell you she started stalking uh, Prophetess Taryn on Facebook just to see how weird she was. And CJ was amazed that this woman, all she did was teach from the Word of God. And she always says, don't believe me. Look at this yourself. Study this yourself. So – I kept trying to get C.J. to go. She was slowly looking at the stuff, and there wasn't any red flags. So she knew I wanted her to go. She really didn't want to, but to appease me, she agreed to go. Oh, I should tell you there's one other story. At one point, or at this point in C.J.'s story, she's getting so sick that literally if she gets out of bed on her own, she'll pass out and fall on the floor. And uh, one day she decided to try to go to the restroom on her own and she was on the floor passed out, and her phone buzzed, and it was Prophetess Taryn Tarver saying, how can I pray for you, sis? What can I do? And CJ, I don't know this woman. I don't trust her. Mm -hmm. She texts back and says, I'm fine. I don't need anything. (laughs) So uh, thank God for Prophetess Taryn. She was relentless. She kept pursuing CJ. And finally, she took a Prophetess Taryn took a screenshot of CJ's Facebook profile and sent it to a mutual friend of ours and said, I'm coming to Portland on this date. I need to meet this gal. God's given me a message for her. And so our mutual friend reached out to myself and then to CJ. And between the two of us, we were able to talk CJ into going to meeting uh, Mama T, Prophetess Taryn. And that meeting was so funny because CJ, again, she's so weak she can hardly walk. But she's going to drive her own car because she doesn't want to be stuck in there in a meeting if it gets too weird. She wants to have an escape route. So she shows up. She's got a big hoodie on. She's got. She's all covered up. She's just hiding from her. And as soon as they walk into the room, CJ's super um, embarrassed and doesn't really want to be there. And Prophetess says, let's go in the back room so you and I can just talk. And I can see CJ's eyes. She's panicked. You're going to let me take this woman take me to a back room by myself? I don't want to be alone with this woman. But as they go back in the room, I don't know. Uh, Twenty minutes, thirty minutes later, they come out and there's uh, tears in CJ's eyes. Her countenance has shifted. And I went up and I said, "How are you doing? What's going on?" And she says, "I, I can't even talk about this right now. I just need to go home." And I'm like, "Is it okay? Are you okay?" Well, she couldn't tell me then because emotionally she was too overwhelmed. But later, I was able to get a hold of her, and I asked CJ what happened. And he, he said, Rick, when I was little, I was going through this time of abuse, uh, which happened thousands of times. And I made this deal with God. And I said, God, if you're real, I need this, this, and this. Well, Prophetess Taryn came and said, I have a message to you from the Lord, and this is 30 years later, and God said this, this, and this. And Prophetess Taryn told her the things that CJ had told God when she was this little girl in this place of just crying out. And so CJ, you know, you can't argue with that, right? That woman, she said, that woman talks to God. That woman hears from God. That cracked open the door And one of the things I love about Prophetess Taryn is that she does a a Bible study. I think it's five days a week. You know, you get on and she spends an hour just teaching the Bible and has for years. And so CJ started, when she could, tuning in and listening to some of these Bible lessons. And it's starting to click, you know, slowly it's starting to click inside. Well, another six months later, Prophetess Taryn is up in uh, the Portland area and CJ is trust her enough to actually go. And so uh, we went, and uh, while we were there, uh, prophetess always starts off by doing a long teaching time. So she teaches from the Word, and then she'll do a ministry time and starts giving prophetic words to people. And when it came to CJ, again, it was just a real strong word, but prophetess come to find out she had had some exposure with the demonic and SRA2, not to the same level as CJ, but it— you know, she had been helping people long enough to have some exposure. So she knew she needed to be real gentle with her and not get her, uh, not overwhelm her. Because, you know, when you're just starting to trust somebody, people that have been involved in that level of abuse, one of the hardest things is to trust somebody else. You know, they want to trust with all of their heart, but they have been let down so many times um, they can't hardly even.
0: Rick, give us a little bit of context as to, what we are talking about are the magnitude of abuse.
1: Well, okay. Uh, Well, uh, if you've heard CJ tell her story, uh, she will tell you that, um, you know, she had been uh, sexually violated over a thousand times in her childhood. Her earliest memories starts off at like age 18 months. And it was a biological... A father who would come in and wrap a wrap something around her neck to choke her and make her pass out and so you know there was the violation uh sexual violation so thousands of times and if that's not bad enough it gets much darker from there uh cj we, we've written these down uh written a book so these stories are in the book but uh there was a time when um she was hung in a closet naked uh, and the clothes rod was just high enough that she couldn't she could only get her tiptoes on the ground and her biological father tied her in there she lost track of time but it was four five six days no food no water and the only time he would open the door would be to belittle her either raping her or abusing her and it was just a horrendous torturing um Later on, as she would get older, there were rituals, and she would be taken out to one of several different locations where there would be other people that would actually do satanic, demonic rituals. And again, we've written about some of those things in the book, but um, you know, a lot of the what you might see in a Hollywood movie with the evil chanting and the candles and the dark things, and then there would be sacrifices, uh, animal sacrificed. Uh, children sacrificed, there'd be cannibalism, uh, bloodletting, all sorts of horrible things. There were times, you know, C.G. has experienced um, uh, large animals being killed, cut open, and then being sewn into their carcass and then buried. She's experienced being buried alive with just a, a tube stuck in her mouth and up through the dirt, and then they would pour water on top of her. There were times when she was stuck in a freezer, locked in a a freezer that was plugged in, uh, just naked in a freezer, uh, alone, just waiting to shiver to death. CJ experienced um, hunting parties where she and others were the prey, and they would run for their life while others would hunt them. And she actually still has the scars on her legs from buckshot being pulled out of of her legs. So there's just, you know, there's um, a number of horrible, horrible things that she experienced. Um, So that kind of gives you a a quick background on on all of those things.
0: So continue with your kind of your journey here to get to a core answer.
1: Okay, so where was I? um, So we met with Prophetess Taryn, and... um, I'll share this story with you, too. I mentioned going back to Georgia. Well, at this point, um, uh, I had a counselor that had really helped me a lot, and so I had taken CJ to see this counselor, and he he was a really, or is a really, a wonderful, godly man, and he kept talking about going back to this place in Georgia, and mind you now, Scott, I got to tell you about what I'm going through, right? I'm a, a single man, a pastor, and I'm helping out this younger, beautiful woman, that's what the world sees. They don't see all the hardship that she's going through. And my counselor's saying, Rick, you need to take her back. And not only is it, you know, thousands of dollars to fly back there and do a two-week training, I've been trained, right, been taught from since I was little, you don't do that. You don't take single women somewhere else, right, <laughs> to 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 go do that. That's just not what respectable pastors do. Respectable men do. So I was really hesitant. I just was, I, I, I can't see myself. I can't see permission to do this. And Pastor Taryn, Prophetess Taryn had come into town, and I remember so clearly this night, we were in the meeting, and it was a normal, she's going to preach and teach, and then she'll get prophetic words. And She picked me out of the crowd and had me come forward and she said, Rick, I see you getting on a plane and you're going to the East Coast and God's going to meet you there and he's going to transform your life. Well, that's what what we were looking at. I was literally had been praying for the two weeks up to that. Lord, do I do this? Do I, is it okay to even do this? And when prophetess gave me that word, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to take that as from you. And so we made the arrangements, and I can't remember, two or three weeks later, uh, we have getting CJ all packed up and getting her on a plane to go back east. And again, now, remind you, she's so weak, she can't walk into the airport. So I drop her off with a wheelchair, and we wheel her all the way to the plane. And then when we land, we wheel her off the plane You know, because she's too weak to walk. And we go to this program. It's called Be in Health. And it was just life-saving for both of us, life-altering for both of us. And it, 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 I loved what they did. It's, they're just teaching the Word of God. But as they're doing it, they're uh, demonstrating that they're, there's a very real enemy. And I had, even though I'd read through the Bible many times, spent thousands of hours studying the Word of God, there were big holes that I just skipped over huge holes that I just skipped over. And because I skipped over them, I never really understood them. And and probably that biggest hole was, how does the demonic work? You know, Paul writes and says, we are aware of the enemy's schemes, but I wasn't. I didn't have any clue what the enemy's schemes were, other than, well, temptation and sin. And I had preached many times on temptation and sin, and we all know you shouldn't do it, but we all somehow end up doing it anyway, but I didn't understand what were these traps that was getting me into sin and what were the different tools the enemy was using. And as we were back there at that, that event, being health, it was totally transformative. Our eyes got opened up and I was, Scott, I mean, CJ was dramatically touched, but let me just tell you about me. It just something came alive inside of me. I saw the Word of God in a way I'd never seen it before. And I felt like the lights just went on for the first time. I'm like, oh, my goodness. It makes so much more sense now. This battle that I've been living in all my life makes so much more sense. Well, we'll jump to the end of the first week. And uh, the the basic program was, you know, we'd get up in the morning and I would, uh, you know, make breakfast, get the car ready, get her into the car, take her there, get the wheelchair, get her into the uh, Sanctuary, we'll call it. And then we'd sit there for the eight hours. And then I'd get her home. I'd make dinner. She'd get in bed. That was basically it. And by that last Saturday, um, she, we got done and we had a day off. It was Saturday. Uh, the Lord had transformed her. The Friday night, they'd had a laying on, on of hand service. And we, they prayed for her. And when, um, The next morning when she woke up, there was just a new life inside of her. And so I said, hey, you know, this is a beautiful part of Georgia. Let's go for a drive. I found a park, drove down next to the river, and I said, do you want to see if we can get up and walk a little bit? And she said, well, I'll try. And so we started to walk along this river, and, um, you know, we just started talking. And, Scott, before we knew it, I looked back, I couldn't see the car. We had walked probably a mile away from the car. And so I'm like, we we better go back because, you know, it's Georgia in the summertime. You know, it's probably 90 degrees and 98% humidity. We were just drenched. But as we walk back, I go, CJ, do you recognize you, you haven't been able to walk 20 feet? And we've just walked a mile or two out in the sun. And so she was really excited. And so she said, hey, I'm hungry. Let's try to go get something to eat. Well, again, I think I told you there had been nine months where she was living on bone broth, and avocado, banana, maybe once in a while. Uh, And through all of that, it gained 40 pounds. And so it was just this horrible thing for her self-esteem. And her body was just obviously on overload. Well, that night we went out to a Mexican place and found fajitas. And she was able to eat everything on the plate. All the fruit, all the vegetables, all the chips, all the salsa, everything. And kept it all down. And it was just a huge miracle, right? It was just a... Another wonderful step, you know, just hearing the word of God presented in the right way from the right background, it just fixed things inside of both of us, just transformed us. So that was the next kind of really big step. Um, If I'm kind of going forward in our timeline, uh, the next thing that happened was probably six months later, Prophetess Taryn was back up in the Portland area And by this point, CJ was involved in the morning Bible study and really getting involved with her and having conversations. And so Mama T said, can you guys help with the offering at our house meeting? And we said, of course, we'd love to help out. So uh, Mama T did something she had never done before. Right in the middle of her message, she felt impressed to stop and take an offering. And so she even said to us in the crowd, she goes, I've never, ever done this before but I just feel like this is the Lord. Stop and take an offering. So we we got out of our seats and went and got the offering bags and started helping pass the plate around the 30 people or so that were in the house. <clears throat> and as we finished up kind of the offering, uh, CJ was walking past Mama T back to her seat, and Mama looked at her with kind of this quizzical look and said, "You know, Daughter, can I pray for you? And CJ said, Of course you can. So she just reached up and laid her hand on her belly and started to pray. And all of a sudden, this huge manifestation happened right in front of everybody. And it was one of the most overt manifestations. It was the most overt and public that had ever happened. And, um, you know, that's not something that anybody wants to do. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. You're around these these Christians and I'm, you know, kind of all sorts of things going on. And um, anyway, there was quite a battle that went on. And Mama knew what to do. She had been involved in deliverance quite a bit. So she got down and started praying. And Mama's um, uh, services were always videotaped. So this is being broadcast live (laughs) and put on YouTube. Well, by the time it all got done, and it was quite a, it was quite a fight. It was a big fight. Uh, in fact, when it all got done, CJ went with one of our good friends, uh, Phyllis, who's like a sister in the Lord. And Phyllis was helping her back in the bathroom, kind of get cleaned up. And uh, CJ was looking. She's like, "Where's my earring?" And Phyllis was like, "Ah, uh, it's gone. You're not going to get that back." And CJ's like, "Where's my sock?" And she's like, "Well, we're not going to worry about that either." <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so you're talking like knockdown, dragout. Absolutely. Yeah. It was. It was a battle. Well, a couple of days later, uh, CJ uh, went from being grateful that this had happened to embarrassed. Like, oh my goodness, that happened in front of all of these people, and she's the guilt, the shame, the condemnation just started hammering at her, and. Um, So she finally decided to watch, rewatch what had happened on YouTube. And people sometimes say, you know, you shouldn't record those things because it's too personal and there's too much going on. And there's a lot to that. But this was such a healing moment for CJ because when she erupted in this manifestation, no one backed away. Everybody came in. And the people that she knew in the room, no one was aghast and pulled back from her. They all got closer. They all jumped in. They all started praying. And CJ saw uh, at one of her worst moments in public, she saw people loving her and coming in. And it was powerful. It was just powerful, you know. Um, Our ministry, you know, the the theme of our ministry is that love heals. And uh, we've lived that over and over again. You know, healing happens in the context of love. And when you're dealing with somebody who is demonized, right? There's a demonic spirit inside of him, them. No one likes to think about that. That's just an ucky thought. And you know what you need when you've got a demon in you? You need people to love you. You need somebody that is mature enough and secure enough to walk into the battle with you. And come hell or high water, I'm going to stand right here by your side, even if your socks are coming off.
0: <laughs> so Rick, let's dig into this whole thing of forgiveness. Trials are, CJ's had unbelievable trials. And I think the, the point of this is so profound for me is that at the core of everything of her, her success has been forgiveness and love. You ever, I mean, when you, if you haven't had a chance to listen to CJ's... Uh, you oh, it breaks me up. If you haven't heard a chance to listen to CJ's uh, testimonies, we have them on our TikTok channel. Um, I think one of them is over a million views now. It's amazing. Uh, head over to Bards FM TikTok and listen to them. They're in three parts. Nikki did a great job of breaking them up, and listen to her testimonies. It will blow you away. I mean, it's when you're sitting at the table and she makes a comment like she did last night, and I'm I'm literally I'm I'm eating and. I'm listening and she says, by age 10, I've been as raped over a thousand times and there is no words. <sighs> there are no words for that. So talk to me about um, the forgiveness part.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, as a pastor, one of the things that I had really learned was the importance of forgiveness. and. You know, it's one of those scariest verses in the Bible. I can't remember exactly. I think it's Matthew 18, right? And basically Jesus says, this is what God will do to you if you don't forgive others from your heart. And he's, you know, he's just talking about things. So we know how important forgiveness is. And with the demonic, um, you can say, go in Jesus' name. But if the host person has given them permission, they won't leave. And one of those big permissions is unforgiveness. Forgiveness is a commandment. And so if you don't forgive people from your heart, the enemy has a right to stay there and to torment you. Well, you know, CGNA and I have talked about it, but I also know what it's like to be hurt beyond words. And forgiving people is something really easy to say, but to actually do it, to forgive someone from your heart, to me, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in life. And I haven't suffered near the things that CJ had. So, and, and I'm usually pretty easygoing anyway. I don't ever really lean on people because I can't make anybody do anything. So, you know, as CJ and I talked, um, many times we had talked about the importance of forgiveness. And she knew what the Word of God said. that teaching back in Georgia, they had taught a whole session on forgiveness. And yet in her heart... You know How do you forgive a man that hangs you in the closet? He's supposed to be your daddy. Every little girl wants a daddy. Every, every little girl wants someone to hug them, to tell them they're beautiful, to build their self-esteem. And everything that she had ever wanted and needed and was designed to have, her biological father did not do. He was the exact antithesis of this. And so not only did he not give her any love or affection, but he took and he stole and he abused. And so, you know, to say just forgive them, it's it's really hard. And so I don't know, you know, how often, but every time whenever I felt impressed, I just mentioned to her again and say, you know, honey, have you thought any more about forgiving your dad? And she'd say, I know I need to, but I just can't lay it down. And I get it. I get it. So I just go to praying. i you know, just praying for Because it's, again, I, for me anyway, when someone has hurt me so bad, I, I want them to hurt like they've hurt me, you know. And I make the mistake of thinking if I hang on to the offense, somehow it's hurting them, but it's not. It's just hurting me. Anyway, CJ tells this story much better because it's her personal story. But finally, uh, going through the process of healing, God started dealing with her about forgiveness. And she'll tell you the story someday, but it's she started off by saying, I can't, but I'll say the words. I'll just say, I forgive him. <laughs> it wasn't from the heart. And she knew it, and she'd tell the Lord that. <laughs> I know it's not from my heart, but it's, the, it's all I can do today. I'll say, I forgive him. Well, the day came, and she was working up in the Vancouver area, And she was on the freeway and just knew, today's the day. I got to do this. So she started one of those real honest conversations with God, right? And it's, I forgive him, but I don't. But he hurt me. But I'm going to say I forgive him. But that I want him to burn in hell. But I'm saying I forgive him, but I want you to punish him. You know, it's that... Being honest, and she was so into this conversation with the Lord, she drove, I think she said she drove 20 miles past her exit because she was just on the freeway just, you know, through tear-stained eyes yelling and screaming and finally got to the place where she was able to say, I forgive, I forgive, I lay it down, I lay it at your throne, I forgive him. And um, is there anything more powerful than just to know that this person – did this on purpose hundreds if not thousands of times and to just say, I am no longer going to hold. I'm no longer going to hold on to this offense. And as we all know, you know, forgiveness is not a one-time thing, but that was one of those monumentous times of laying it down and saying, I forgive him.
0: You know, you've been hearing me all talk this week a lot, and there's going to be a lot more of it. Trust me, about laying it down. Yeah. And um, man, I'm telling you, it is, it, at the core of it is forgiveness and love, and the two go hand in hand. Um, and if we don't lay it down like this, we just don't get to the core of what Father can do. I mean, that's literally that's your, that's your entry point before His throne. When you listen to these stories from someone like CJ, and you know, Rick, you've been such an integral part of her healing because you've never left her side. And to witness how she can forgive, but you also have come under a lot of attack yourself. And so you're not only trying to help her through forgiveness, but you're getting attacked from your business to your, your, your church, your family, and they're just unloading on you balance that with this discussion.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, You know, Scott, I I had run into this thought early on in my life. I had met a, a couple who were involved in deliverance ministry and I didn't really know what it was and I didn't understand them. But as much as I enjoyed hearing the stories of what they did, I ran into these other people, and again, my circle is the church, and these are people that are talking bad about them. And, oh, they're this and they're that, and they're they're too spiritual, and everything's a demon, and yada, yada, yada. And uh, I recognized early on that people involved in deliverance ministry, they get a lot of pot shots at them. And um, so I just kind of knew that in the back of my head. Well, um I didn't know with C.J. we were actually moving towards deliverance ministry. But in hindsight, I'm not the brightest guy. (laughs) I'm pretty simple. But in hindsight, those pot shots came at us full bore. And um, I don't even know if I can tell you all that we went through, but you're right. It was the closest relationships left. And those who I would have guessed would never— ever turn their back on me, turn their back on me. And there were people that I, I was so sure they were on, on my side in my corner and they just distanced themselves and pushed away. And uh, I've heard you talk about deep repentance and uh, I love that term. You know, for me, it's I've experienced something similar where it's just sitting down with God and just being raw and real and working through these, you know, these deep things. And I can't even count the number of days I've sat with God and saying, this person who I thought was one of my lifelong friends has rejected me and hurt me. And, Lord, it hurts so bad. And just to process through the pain with the Lord and to the point where I can say, I forgive him. I lay it down. And, Scott, my closest friends are all pastors, right? The <laughs> We're, we're supposed to know better. We're supposed to live better. But it, uh, it also shows me the, the power of the enemy to deceive. And again, I went back to Georgia and I learned about these, I'll call them nine different tools that the enemy uses. And when they explained it, it made so much sense. But before that point, I didn't even know they existed. I mean, I knew they existed, but I didn't recognize this was the enemy. I mentioned one the other night, right? Accusation. I know Satan's called the accuser. I've preached that before. I've taught that. I didn't realize every time there's an accusation coming out of my mouth, I'm partnering with a demonic kingdom. And I started listening to the different accusations. And then I started hearing other people making accusation against me. And I'm like, that's not true. And yet they were listening to the voice of the enemy, and they were going, oh, that must be true, so Rick, you're uh, this, and they would accuse me and right, and convict me and never even talk to me and say, is it true? And that's how powerful the enemy is. And in the church, accusation is really deep, really subtle, at least in the church that I grew up in, right, the Christian circle that I had. There were many people that would come with accusation and say, I know what you did. You're a bad guy. And never, ever asked what was going on.
0: Yeah, I think it's a lot of the hypocrisy of the pulpit, unfortunately, yeah. in this day and age. Well, Rick, we're going to kind of wrap this down a little bit. Um, just give us some perspectives from your perspective. Give us some some ways ahead. Because you're dealing with a level of trauma that most people never appreciate what we see out of this when you meet, get to know and this is for everybody out here when you get to know CJ you're seeing a woman who's just such beautiful heart soul that walks truly in the love of God and that's a lot of you it's broader there so talk a little bit of just in just general terms or advice or or so forth how you feel about how we walk in this world with one another
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I told you earlier, our ministry, you know, the subheading is Love Heals. Uh, The secondary message that we carry is hope. And one of the things that CJ's story so clearly illustrates is that there's nobody too far gone, right? I don't know what you've been through. I bet you haven't been molested a thousand times. But even if you have, there's hope. God can heal you. I bet you've never been married to Satan, but CJ has. And she has been raped by Satan and the demonic. And if you've been through that, there's hope. Jesus heals those things. You know, Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter 4, Luke 4 is Jesus quoting Isaiah 61. He says he has come to heal the brokenhearted. That's his promise. And so the message that we care, carry with people is Jesus came to heal. And CJ and I, we meet often with folks. And I, you know, everyone's story is unique. Everyone's story is painful. And I, I have a lot of compassion. Both of us do I have a lot of compassion for the pain you're going through. At the end of the day, though, we really have this answer. Jesus can heal that. We've lived it. We understand it. So the first thing I would say is that hope is available I think the second thing I want to share tonight is that uh, the demonic is real. And there's been this lie in the church that Christians can't be demonized or can't be possessed. And I won't do a long teaching now. You have probably talked about it from Isaiah 61, but, right, the, the word possessed meaning owned, we completely agree. Satan can't own you, right? The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. That's what the Bible said. God owns everything. But Satan's a thief and he steals things. And so you parts of your life can be stolen. And I, I like how David, Pastor Dave uh, preaches and says, you know, that a better term to think about is influence. And so have you been influenced by evil? Well, man, who hasn't? Right? All of us have been on multiple levels. And I think I was talking to dinner with your folks the other night. I don't know if you were caught that or not, but I started going through these things in my life, major things in my life. And I feel like I've got more influence of evil than I do of righteousness sometimes, right? So all that to say, when it comes to the demonic, uh, we in the church, we Christians, we need to start understanding what, uh, what the enemy's schemes are. You know, what are these things? Like I mentioned accusation. We need to start learning about this tool of accusation and see when are we partnering with accusation when are we using accusations and we need to start learning these things because all of us have been influenced and at some point your influence becomes so great that you're losing the control that you should have right and i guess we we call that possession so those would be the two things hope and it's time for us all to grow a little bit you know again don't don't make satan everything god's still more powerful but I, I had always been taught that, right? Focus on the Lord, the enemy's second place. Completely true. But learning to recognize how the enemy is attacking me gives me so much more understanding of the Word of God and the victory that the Word gives us. Uh, it's been revolutionary for me. Really helped me out a bunch. So that's my encouragement.
0: I think that's solid. It's good. It's coming from somebody who's working with some pretty difficult things. Uh, Rick, we always close with a prayer. And I'd love for you to lead the prayer tonight. Yeah.
1: Well, Heavenly Father, we uh, come to this Thanksgiving season, and um, what is there to be more thankful for than your son Jesus? And, Lord, you sent your son, and you paid the price so that we could be healed. Your word talks about by his stripes we are healed, and that healing really can happen for every single one of us. And so, Father, I pray tonight to everyone who's listening to this podcast who will listen in the future, and they're carrying breaks in their heart. And Father, I right now, I just release your healing grace into their life. Father, I release more hope, hope where hope has been stolen by the enemy and dashed Father, I just breathe new life into the heart again. May there be hope once again that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You can heal the brokenhearted, just like you said. Father, I ask that you would just release the miracle of your healing in your children. And then, Lord, may we in part turn around and offer that same love, that same forgiveness to others who are around us, May we take the healing we've received and pass it on to others because we're all broken. So, Lord, I just I pray for this nation tonight, for Bard's nation and our nation, that you would come in and do what your word says, heal the brokenhearted. And I ask this in Jesus Christ's wonderful name. Amen.
0: Amen. What a great conversation. So... Rick, tell us where they. You have your website.
1: Uh, our, wes- our website is called Rescue by Love. Uh, www.rescuedr.e.s.c.u.e.d.b.y.l.o.v.e.net. Rescued by dot net.
0: And you have a book coming out.
1: We do have a book coming out. Yeah, if you would please pray, <laughs> we've we've got it right up to the edge. We just can't get it across the finish line. It's done. It just is not making it out into people's hands. So yeah, it's uh, basically, it's CJ's story and the story of all the different ways and the different tools God uh, used to bring us healing.
0: Awesome. Well, Patriots, that was Pastor Rick Moyer and a good friend and CJ and he are both great friends. We've had the blessing of having them here for Thanksgiving, which I think is going to become a regular thing. And it looks like we're going to get to share Christmas with them as well. So it's a really big blessing. But these are stories that are real that kind of take the scripture, not kind of, they take our faith and they take scripture and they put it on on our feet. And you've got to walk it, you have to breathe it, you have to become it. You just can't talk it. And I think that's what the big thing is here. So hope you all had a really blessed last couple days and we had some good time with family. Hope you ate some good turkey, hopefully enough to give you enough tryptophan to sleep the night, which we all enjoy. Maybe even breakfast with pumpkin pie. And probably tomorrow, you'll probably still have some sweet potatoes left over. So however that works. But anyway, it's, a, it's been a good day and we've had a good day here. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now.
2: We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe